you know. And I think as I've got older, I kind of make, if I make the point when we tour now and we have support bands, choosing bands that have women in particularly, because as I said, I want it to be too cock heavy. Yeah, need some female energy. Hi, this is Lowell Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. And this is Budgie, co-founder of The Creatures, drummer with The Slits, and Susie and the Banshees. Welcome to Curious Creatures. Life after punk. You may think you know the territory, but we, we drew, drew the map. map. I've got a funny story um, around The Cure, seeing The Cure live on the Kiss Me tour. Okay, okay. Um, my brother took me yeah. um, to that, and we were third row from the front at Wembley, and um, it was oh, it was just an, an amazing gig. It was amazing. You know, I was literally like, oh, incredible. But uh, recently, talking to Simon, the drummer in Slow Dive, we, we were talking about, for some reason, that that gig came up. We were talking about the Cure, and it turned out that Simon was two rows behind me with his sister on the very same night. But we didn't, we weren't to meet for another three years or something. Oh wow, that's that's like Twilight Zone. How weird Zone. is that? Yeah, that's yeah. very strange. Really wow, weird. that was the that yeah. was I think that was the last tour I was on, right? Yeah, yeah, and that, before reflections, they that that's tour we had the the uh, Kabuki curtain that dropped at the front of of the yeah. thing. That was my favorite. You know, like people go, "What was your favorite bit of uh, stage thing?" And that that was my favorite one because every night we'd get on stage and we'd stand behind the curtain, and I knew the second the curtain dropped place was going to go mental you know and yeah. that was like the biggest rush you know and yeah. uh you know there was a couple of nights where it was like we used to have this guy that worked for um pink floyd on the wall and he would tell us about oh like sometimes the kabuki is going to get stuck at the top and you'll i'll have to do something and we're like well <laughs> what do you mean it's going to get stuck you know and it did it got stuck at one point and there was there was mick klachinski <laughs> swinging like Tarzan on this thing to pull the rest of it down into the orchestra pit, you know? It was it was very funny or brave or stupid. I can't remember which it was really. There were always, it was always, when you, the, the more elaborate your stage <laughs> presentation got, the more likely the spinal tap mob was oh, about to God. happen. That happened from the very beginning. Lost a guitarist in the Kabuki curtain drop. Yeah, yeah. well, the, the, the worst one for me was years before when we did... Um, pornography and there was like the three of us on stage and I, I would step off the kits at one point and go walk to the front of the stage to play the keyboards for a hundred years and mm -hmm. uh, there was this screen that went down that covered the front of the kit if I didn't get out behind the kit in time <laughs> this thing would bonk me on the head give me concussion I'd be at the front of the stage but oh he's drunk again and I'm like oh, oh shit oh, I gotta play you know, brutal things we do for music right yeah. you know Peep, peep show, we we did it all in reverse. We all came out because uh, we, we were like five of us at that point, I think, Severin, me, yeah. Susie, Martin, and John. And we're all in a line at the front of the stage. And on all the screens were behind us. So we played the first song, Last Beat in My Heart, I think it was. And then we all vanished and left Susie out on her own, which is kind of weird because I suppose that's what everybody 
like you know we thinking back we sort of done it in reverse we should have hidden ourselves like like you guys did long right right but we didn't we kind of came out went hey here we are now we're going to vanish for like about five songs (laughs) (laughs) have you ever played at um ontario place in is it toronto um it's like it's an outdoor um amphitheater and it's got a the stage is revolving yes. and well we, we only played it once in about 93 or something supporting james and to get the stage revolving there's blokes with ropes basically just pulling it around the entire time you're playing right it's really weird very very weird oh you mean they they revolved whilst you were playing oh yeah 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 you're playing and you you're slowly revolving the audience is is all around you and then there's these guys in the pits pu- pulling wow. the stage with rope that'll mess up your cables wouldn't it uh, well yeah i suppose they have to do something yeah, i hadn't thought it? about that yeah. to be fair yeah. i think there's youtube footage of that we were um in the, in the years we used to take a camcorder and film stupid stupid things going on on tour and now you know it's all made itself onto the internet and you're like yeah, that's the trouble, isn't it? Like that, all of, all of that stuff is out there forevermore. You know, every stupid haircut I, I ever had is on on there, and it's never going away. You know. Yeah, no. Every bad interview, everything you said, it's all there now. Yeah, some of our early interviews are horrendous. Not me, but boys in the band. Just... What was it like for when you first started? It was like, I, you say the boys in the band. I mean, I knew that Susie was the only woman around. She was the only female for all the whole tour until we got a wardrobe lady in later down the line. I'd love one of those. I don't have one. <laughs> there were, there were very, we had one female tech. I think she, the bass tech, uh, but no technicians, no sound engineers. No, I, that's changed a little bit. But you, were you pretty much isolated out there for for your time? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I didn't see a female tech until late nineties, and she was she was teching for Gomez. Um, Mojave threw me tour with them. First female tech I met, and interestingly, I was having this conversation. FYF festival in LA a few years ago. Okay. Um, went to do like a into the press tent to do stuff, and there was a woman there that was a, a female sound engineer, but she's talking about I don't know some festival where literally all the crew are women, and I'm like, my God, I've barely ever seen any women in nearly thirty years of of touring. Um, and she said, "Oh no, there, there, there's plenty of us about." And I'm like, oh, you know, kind of wish had more on tour with me. And in the last few years, I've had one female monitor engineer, Zoe, fabulous. A uh, couple of female merch sellers, both lovely. Yeah, I mean, I was always, you know, seen as the honorary lad on tour, and never any other women and generally i'd say bands we toured with were all male as well yeah. never yeah. other women you know and i think as i've got older i kind of make if i make the point when we 
tour now and we have support bands choosing bands that have women in sure. particularly because I, you know, as I said I want it to be too cock heavy yeah need some female energy I mean I'd say half the band are pretty female anyway to be fair oh Christian when he our guitarist when he when he joined the band we did actually because we were a four piece originally yeah and we advertised <laughs> we advertised for a female guitarist and Christian was the only person that replied literally and he was like I will wear a dress if if I have to if that's what it takes I'm like right, fine you're in uh, he still has a worn dress. I, um, yeah, I remember going through that phase. Yes, yeah. Wearing dresses. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a skirt. It was like a long t-shirt, and it kind of morphed into a kind of sort of mini skirt thing with like dance tights. Right. Nice. I mean, that was in like, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, I was out there, you know, laddered tights even at some point. You well, know. We we had, we had pearl. Yeah, Paul would do, you know, some interest, interesting outfits. Oh, I was, yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd be certain, I'd certainly be down with Pearl, yes. <laughs> oh, let me rephrase that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you often, like, we always had, to, like, somebody in the studio, that because quite often, like, 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 used to call them tape ops or something. They'd yeah, be yeah. a female assistant in studios. Yeah. I think we've only had one female engineer, actually, in the studio. Yeah, think about it. And quite yeah. often now, you'll you'll find uh, a female sound engineer resident in a club, usually in Europe. I'm okay. sure that it happens in Britain as well. Um, no, I I just I mean I became the honorary female, you know, when I joined the Slits. Amazing. Of course, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and it just like there was always like uh, I don't know. I was like Susie's chaperone, really, um, because who do you call when you need stuff, you know? And it it was always like the thing. I I, I kind of like tried to imagine how how it must be, you know, when you just want to. She just wanted to shut the world out half the time, you know. Why? Because she was always called upon to do the interviews and you know getting tired sure. and trying to do that. It, it's uh, it was too much. Yeah. It's a lot of work, yeah. Did you find that, that was the microphone always pointed at you? And quite often, and you know, I'm I'm not the main songwriter, Neil is, and um, I think for him, definitely there will have been points where he gets pissed off with it, and and also, yeah. you know, for me because it's like, uh, you know, being shoved to the front of photographs because I'm female. Although it's quite funny when we were in the studio. <laughs> last year we got our sound engineer to take a photo of us all just like for you know just for memories not not, not nothing online but like let's just take a photo just to remember that we've had a really good session and we all just lined up with me in the middle and the rest of the guys are six foot and I'm five foot two and I just look ridiculous and just so short compared to them because we're in one line then Neil's like that's why you're always at the front Rachel to make you look taller Did you fall like suddenly instantly fall back into the like the old thinking in a way, you know? Yeah, yeah. The old lineup. Definitely. I generally I, I try not to do many interviews anymore. This right. is the first one I've agreed to in three years. Oh. 
Wow, we're honoured. We're honoured. Thank you. Because it was you two. Like, how can I not? I have to do this. It's just like an honour to meet you both. Oh. Yeah, you always get asked the same questions in interviews. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, don't, however many years have passed, whatever you've done, it's always kind of the same things you get asked. And I think I just end up getting really bored with them. Yeah. And then thinking, mm. well, really, you, you should talk to Neil because he writes most of the songs. Um, got the old co-write, but it's mainly, you know, comes from him and... You know, slow dive. It is very much the sum of its parts. Anyway, everybody brings something to the band. But um, but it's funny. Neil and I never do interviews together. Anyway, so it's like, no, no, no. Rach can go with Christian. Me and Christian do quite well together. But I, I try not to do them these days because I just think, what have I got to say? Well, probably a lot, but I don't know. I just yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. It's it's like I never felt, you know, I did a lot of interviews in the past mainly because, you know, we, we went on like a big tour at one point and we were getting so many interviews to do while we were actually on tour that it would interfere with the tour. So we decided we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to go uh, do, a, do a press tour beforehand. So we went like for a month to Japan and Australia, a month to America and a month to Europe. Yeah, well, of that's course, a lot. You know, <laughs> Right, yeah, three months of, I think that was just before Kiss Me, we did that. Got to bet you were really healthy after all that activity. Well, you, you know what, it was worse, it was worse doing that kind of tour than being on tour, really, you know, because like I remember we got to New York and I didn't leave my room for four days because the press agent would just bring in like one person after another, after another, after another, and I would never sit down, I'd never get a chance to hardly eat, and then it'd be like, 11 o'clock at night, and I'm like, oh, I go to the bar and then I go to bed. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I know what you mean, because I don't think we got that same thing, but we certainly, the, the bigger tours of America, you, you'd end up getting into town the day before and spending yeah. the whole day on the phone yeah. to the other parts of the country that you were about to go to. And if you got to New York and L.A., you'd spend all day in another hotel room, the one that was set aside mm. for the press conference. And it was that. It was just the same thing. Everybody asking the same list of questions. And you're thinking, could you guys go to another room and talk to each other? Yeah. <laughs> you just hand them a sheet with your, your stock answers on. Yeah, and just dis- discuss <laughs> what it is that you haven't yeah. asked anybody yet. Or let, let's uh, there's the answers to those questions. Now let's go and talk about something, maybe something yeah. interesting. Yeah. I suppose we had, we kind of kidded ourselves maybe that there was more to talk about, that, you know, the, the, the level of interest was really superficial, you know, and if you got any, allowed it to go deep, you're going to lose everybody anyway. So, you know, our, our, our philosophical ex, existential angst was really not going to shift any more copies of the sounds or enemy, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> But that's why you'll you'll find you'll find out when you, when we do the book tour, you'll love that because you get all those kind of questions then. Yeah. Are you gonna to come to Exeter? Please say you're gonna to come to Exeter. I, bloody right. I mean I loved Exeter when I lived there. People like hardly ever come past Bristol, you know. It's kinda of like we get forgotten about. So come to Exeter. 
Oh, so we got to skip past Bristol, haven't we? Got to zoom past Bristol and just get straight. Zoom past it, just come to Exeter. <laughs> I was, I, I liked, I decided I was going to come and live there when I went to Exeter one day and uh, walking along the streets. And this was when she was in the sugar cubes at Bjork with her son in, in a stroller, you know. And I was like, okay, it's a, it's a okay place, you know. Here, there's Bjork and, you know, it's Exeter, it's a little... It's not a big city, you know, it's like kind of cool. And that's what's been most amazing part of, I think, this part of our journey is meeting people from being like, say, when I joined the Slits, I was probably in 2021 and Viv was old because she was 22 <laughs> and Ariana was 17. And I met Viv on her book tour and she came through Berlin when she had, was promoting clothes, 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 boys, 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 music, music, music. And I bought a ticket to see um, to see her, to try and get to meet her. I didn't think about trying to get in touch with her agent or something. And it was like a three-day festival, so I had to buy a ticket for this whole festival in Berlin. But all I knew how to do was hang out by the stage door because her event had sold out. And sure enough, she appeared, and I shouted, Viv, and she went, Budgie! <laughs> it's like hug and we just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked more than we'd ever talked in all those times we'd slept around britain yeah. and b&b's you know and and it was like i suppose we don't have time to to really express things that we're thinking when we're that we're just full of the uh, the, the need to get things done and now you've got time to actually uh for people and it's been the most amazing thing. It's just so beautiful to, if you get lucky and, and, and have that chance. So what, so here's a question. Why Budgie? Have you probably <laughs> been asked this so many times and I don't know the answer, so... Well, see, see, this is what I'm not many journalists ask it, but um, it's it's good because I can I can name drop Holly Johnson and Paul Rutherford. Okay, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Oh, when they Frankie goes to Hollywood. Oh my! They were Frankie yes. goes to Hollywood. They were like Holly was the bass player in my, one of my second band, big in Japan. Um. Anyway, we used to hang out and. Um, and the story goes, because Harley put in his book, where I was kind of defending budgerigar breeders. <laughs> because I used to be one. No, did you really? I thought, is it going to be to do with budgerigars? It is to do with budgerigars. You see, you, you see, Rachel, you know, because you're British, uh, I, I presume, and you know about caged birds, budgies that yeah, can talk yeah. if you leave them in the corner room. And little old ladies go, hello, Joey. Hello, yes. Bobby. And they, they, eventually they might repeat it back to you. But I used to have me and my dad, we had like an aviary of budgies in the backyard. Wow. And I sold them and they made enough money to get a drum kit and a home wow. stereo and things like this. Um, so they meant a lot to me as in my formative years. So anyway, Paul and Holly were going like, eh, hey, budgie, budgie, budgie. <laughs> and the next day... <laughs> And the thing is, there were a lot of drummers called Pete right, in Liverpool. Uh, and when I went to London, this, uh, I, I, I took Budgie with me. I said, come on, we're going to London. Uh, and, of course, 
what was that drummer's name that came yesterday? Wasn't it like some weird name? And it stuck. It, it was stuck. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great name. But uh, yeah, it's what you stick with. Well, I yeah. always, I always tell people with me, you know, it's like, hey, if you, if you're my friend, you get called, you know, call me Lowell. I said only my mother and, and my wife, when she's upset with me, calls me Lawrence. And Michael Dempsey calls you Lawrence. Yes, he does as well. But that's only because we've known each other since we were 11. You know, that's why. But it is weird. It's like, because I have like a bunch of people who know me as Budgie and only Budgie. And others who know me as Peter. Some who know me as Pete. Pete. From Liverpool. Pete. Pete. And and when the two come together, it's really weird. Because you're kind of flipping your head around going, who am I? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And of course, they're going like, who's Pete? And they, the other one's going, Budgie? Who's Budgie? Thank God I've only got two names. Yeah. Oh, my, I've got lots. I had lots in the band. Did yeah, you? I was going to say that. I know I know everybody's nickname in the band. Good or bad? <laughs> All bad, yeah. I don't know what my name is. <laughs> no idea. Probably best not to. <laughs> Probably, yeah. our, our nicknames at one point, we put on our tour jackets, you know, so that... Nobody would ever really know, and that was the name that we were booked in, you know, for our hotel room, which was like, yeah, which was okay until like this last tour with reflections, where the tour manager called me up at one point. I was the only one staying in London because I didn't have a house there, and I stayed at the hotel. He said, "Your your name today at the hotel is your name backwards." And I'm like. How do you even pronounce that? <laughs> I can't even pronounce it. I had to come into the hotel and go, uh, hello, yes, I'm Mr. <laughs> oh, yes, we have your name here. And they'd spelt it wrong as well. They had my key. Thank God they didn't ask me for any identification. Uh, yeah. When I got to yeah. Japan, they called me, ah, Mr. G. Oh, Mr. G. Because they, they thought my name was Bud. <laughs> Mr. Budgie, yes. Mr. Budgie, oh, I see. Yeah, got that. God, that took me a while to get. Actually, I do remember, um, I know one of my nicknames, uh, which is Gobby. Gobby? Gobby. Gobby Goz. Oh. Gobby. Gobby Goz. Yeah. Gobby Goz. Rachel, I read that you love Johnny Mitchell. Oh God, yeah, I love her. Yeah, and and the song was "River" from the album Blue. Yes, my, one of my favourite albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have. I don't know how many copies of that album I have. I think I, I picked one up thinking, yeah, I've got like at least three it. vinyl copies. My brother-in-law, who's maybe ten years older than me, but he he arrived when he started dating my sister with like. Tom Paxton and Johnny Mitchell albums and the who and somebody else. And it was Johnny Mitchell that I really took a shine to ladies of the Canyon. And then when I found blue and yeah, that's an incredible uh, record. Yeah. Oh, still. She is. It was, yeah, it was, um, quite something to see the footage of her from last or in the summer, you know, of her singing and it was like, my God, didn't think we'd ever see that again but um i i love joni i mean the the female artists for me yes growing up my my three was actually grace jones was my first okay. female singer that wow strong when i was 12 <clears throat> yeah then it was susie when i was 14 that's actually endured 
and Joni Mitchell. Those are the three female singers, yeah. artists for me that I just absolutely love. Um, but yeah, um, Blue is a, um, and they're all so different musically. I mean, it could be poles apart, really. Dif- different musically, but they share a, 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 a common thread of tenacity in, you know, in getting to be who they were and are you know yeah yeah I think they're both they're all sort of like strong yeah very strong strong iconic women actually in music an amazing amazing story her that Johnny Mitchell her life story I read that biography oh, yes. quite recently yeah it's a good book I have not read that no spoiler alert but it's just that you know she she meets the daughter that she I know about all yes I've read about that yeah that's quite something isn't it little is it little green little green little green and when you when you know oh, that yeah. and then you, you it kind of just tears you apart yeah totally yeah I, I have got her um like the complete lyric book of <laughs> Joni Mitchell it's one of my prized possessions yeah yeah and I think I've even got a t-shirt with blue on it that album cover as well yeah, yeah. absolutely love her but it is one of those records that yeah, I've probably bought it on vinyl three times now in wherever I've been. Well, and s- Ooh, I'm not sure if I've got that. Of course I've got it. Just get it again. <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> Just not, you haven't got it in that colour, though. Oh, I got one with a blue sleeve. Yeah, slightly faded, different blue. I do that with books. I'm, I must have, you know, 10 copies of everything that Sylvia Plath ever wrote, you know. Wow. I've got, I've got the bell jar in about five forms. How many copies of The Stranger have you got? Oh, a couple. <laughs> a couple. But, yeah. Yep. yeah. Mine was uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, Nausea. I, I thought I'd never bought it. Yeah. Oh, I've not read that. What about um, Georgia O'Keefe? Talking about artist paint. I love her. Yes. Yes, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yes. So many artists and so little time, right? Yeah. Frida Kahlo. Yeah, Frida Kahlo. Frida. I was, I was Kahlo. thinking that about. Yeah. I saw the tattoo. She's there. Oh, she's there. Yeah. And yeah. who was the down down? There was a there was Ben Nicholson's wife. Um, do 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 do. Can't remember. She, but she was down in Cornwall, I think. Barbara Barbara Hepworth. Oh God! Yeah! 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bridget Riley has got to be one of my oh, favourite. Yeah. I'm going to have to look up Bridget Riley. Oh, ch- yes, you do. You do. You, do, you, I, you do. do I? Yeah. I do. Yeah, you, you do. Especially, <laughs> especially with some of your glass works, you'll look at it and you'll go, oh, yes, I, I do know Bridget Riley. Oh, okay. She did a lot A lot of her stuff starting in the 60s where it was very optical. Okay. Linear. Okay. Vibrating, and you, you as soon as you you see it, you go, oh yeah, I, I know that stuff. Okay. Yeah. But I like your landscapes better. I like your landscapes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you t- you two gonna you're gonna be exchanging landscapes and 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 yeah. jewelry, yeah, and like I'm gonna check out. I'm gonna I'm gonna catch up and check it all out. Thank you so much. It's been great. It's been beautiful. Thank lovely. you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been lovely. Curious Creatures is created and presented by Lol Tolhurst and Budgie. Producer, Joe Wong. Producer and audio designer, Dan Didier. Executive producer, Mark Cates. Associate producer, Sophie Wilde. Digital marketing, 
Margie Taylor. Art and logo design, Justin Thomas K. Music production, Jack Knife Lee. Curious Creatures is on the web, and you can access us at www.curiouscreaturespodcast.com. And you can reach us on Instagram and Facebook at Curious Creatures Official, Twitter at Cure Creatures. To find more of the best music podcasts, visit doubleelvis.com or follow at doubleelvis on Instagram or at doubleelvis on Twitter. Curious Creatures is a production of LXB LLC 2022.